You okay there? I think I hurt someone. This is Ed Warren, here with Lorraine. Alright, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Dead Letter Movie Podcast. I am Andrew. We don't have Tim with us, but this week we have folks from The Hair of the Werewolf, which is a paranormal podcast. And today we're going to be discussing, well, The Conjuring 3, but it's The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. So yes, like I said, like I, we have special guests this week, and uh, yeah, I'll let them introduce themselves. Hi, so I'm Lily Palmer, and I have here with me Chase Palmer. What's up, guys? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, definitely this is the first time that we're at on another podcast, and we're very excited. Yeah, this is going to be great. Yay. Yay. Yes, um, so Chase and Lily um, have a podcast where they talk about paranormal stories and basically try to scare each other um, <laughs> with, uh, with their stories. Um, and trying to keep our wits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Real life stories, and uh, because the Conjuring, I'm a fan of the Conjuring movies, and um, because these are supposedly based off of true events, it seemed like a good idea to bring them on. So we have them here. So yay! Yay! Uh, Appreciate it. All right. So the Conjuring Three is the further adventures of Ed and Lorraine Warren, who um, we I have feelings about, but okay. Um, (laughs) Anyway, um, that aside, keeping thinking of them as fictional people, the Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It stars Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, also Ruari O'Connor and Sarah Catherine. They are the the big leads here. Um, and in this story, we see a a man get possessed, kill his landlord, get arrested, and then uses the excuse "The Devil Made Me Do It" to avoid a harsher prison sentence. So that is <laughs> sort of the crux of the plot. Um, and the Warrens go out to try to like prove that yes, there are demons, and this guy totes got possessed. Um, yeah. <laughs> that seems like yeah. a good way to run down the plot to you guys. That's yeah, exactly absolutely. how I saw it. <laughs> and I'd say the stuff you talked about is the stuff that is the closest to what actually did happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this, this, um, so, okay, unlike The Conjuring 2, which I have very little doubts that there was much that happened in real life. Um, almost this, none of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah almost none of it. Um, this one, this one you can actually look up some of the, the true public records accounts of this. There really was a a trial for this person um there was no attempt to like avoid you know trying to get innocent he was just like the devil made me do it but i did it but uh i was i was i was possessed at the time i don't think i should die because of that right totally (laughs) wasn't me except it was i mean i was there but not really yeah yeah Yeah. so it was um so so all, all that is real um and this was supposedly all he got possessed because and this is in the cold open of the movie where he is his, I guess his girlfriend's little brother is possessed for some reason. Um, that's sort of talked about mm-hmm. later in the movie. Um, and then during his exorcism, he does the Jason Miller, um, you know, thing at the end of the exorcist. The whole enter me thing. And, yeah. and then that happens. And then things are fine for a little bit. And then while they're list- while he and his landlord are hanging out, the song Call Me by Blondie, which is not a scary song in any stretch of the word, um, apparently is a trigger. And he ends up getting demon possessed and kills his landlord yeah. um yeah, I mean, so the song would make me want that to would trigger too, anyone so. <laughs> yeah it's like it's, 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 like it's not a scary song that's no. my <laughs> only complaint it's like there's so, like uh, in, in insidious when they had like tiptoe through the tulips i mean like eh, it's kind of a creepy sounding song <laughs> oh absolutely um, yeah call me no um but yeah I, th- as far as i could tell there is nothing about a song in the public record about like what ha- made it happen um it sounds like what happened with the landlord was kind of a jerk and, yeah. like, and that may have inspired yeah. something, he was, that he, was that's... he was wasted he was yeah. absolutely wasted and that was real that, that happened was actually true as well. only what he did was different in real life we'll mm-hmm. get to that i'm sure yeah, yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, so um, <laughs> so yeah, in uh, in keeping with how we how how uh, we usually do things here at Dead Letters, we're gonna talk about what works. Um, so what generally goes well with this movie is um, I do think it has a pretty good like sound design. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Vera and Patrick are you know they are the they are the stars of these movies and they are very good in them. Like I think they're pretty fun. Well, we don't have Patrick Wilson singing Elvis this time, but we still get an Elvis song. Oh, yeah, um, we and, do. No, that's yeah, right. I, I don't know what that's about, but yeah. Okay, and but like they're pretty good. I think um, this movie is a lot darker, like literally darker. Literally, I don't mean yeah. thematically darker um, than the other two. Um, that's because we have a, do a new director this time. Um, this is the same guy who did the Curse of La Llorona. His name is uh, Michael. I guess it's Chavez. It could um, be Chaves. I don't. It could know. be Chaves. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's with the I, S I, that throws me off. Yeah, yeah like I'm inclined to say Chavez, but it may be Chav. Yeah, and. Um, and for the most part, it's actually pretty well directed. It doesn't have the kind of tension that I felt that the other two had. Yeah. Um, and now those were directed by James Wan, so that, you know, some of that's like kind of a... His style. That, his style. Yeah. Um, but he was so. too busy directing the next Aquaman to work on this movie, yep. you know? Yep. Oh, yep. I didn't know that. Okay. Yes. Yes, and I guess is uh, maybe Patrick Wilson is in that. I don't know. If he he's is in the first one. Okay, he's in the first one. I don't know if he's oh, in the really? second, but yeah, he's in the first one. <laughs> okay, Patrick Wilson. I think he's a directorial favorite because James Wan has put him in both Aquaman, but also Insidious. I think he just yeah. loves him, and mm -hmm. I think you know James he's Cameron and Bill Paxton—they're I mean, I... yeah. oh, yeah. always together. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I like how. I like how Patrick Wilson has kind of become like this scream king. A um, little bit. Like, I mean, I'm not gonna call him Vincent Price, but he's definitely <laughs> got like this. Like he's 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 going into it, and to be honest, like being a horror actor isn't the worst thing to do with your life. There's always the convention circuit. Well, um, but he's after. also good oh, at sure. it, though. He's not That's just like he's not just like a cheesy actor. He's actually a great actor, and he sells his roles really well. Mm -hmm. yeah. Good casting. It yeah. is, yeah, it is really good casting. And in this movie, he's uh, he's having heart problems, so we get a lot of heart problem acting. That one, <laughs> so, oh, right? That one threw me off. Uh, I don't know if that happened in real life now that I think about okay, it. Okay, so he did have a heart attack in real life. It did not happen during these events. Okay. It happened later on in life. And I he was in a wheelchair, but for a long time. I assumed he was. And yeah. I do remember seeing images in a wheelchair. So I was like, maybe it is related. I'm not sure. It's, so. so I would argue this is one of the things that doesn't work with the movie because it felt like they were trying to put something real that happened into the movie, but it had no plot purpose. Not really. No. You could not have removed really. that entire thing from the, the movie because I felt the whole thing was meant to be summarized at a specific moment at the end that we're not going to talk about, but there's a different moment at the end that talks about their connection and love that was way better and more powerful than anything relating with the heart attack. Which is so also a common theme in general that they've done yeah. all throughout. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not anything new. There's unnecessary plot point. Right. Oh, the yeah. heart attack. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. He, I mean, he does the acting fine for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah, it's not like, I, I, I think it's because Ed Warren had all that stuff. They felt like they had to put that in there. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time though, there's sort of like this, I guess they're getting older now. <laughs> but but the thing is like okay have you like if you watch old movies if you watch movies in the from the 80s there'll be like these actors that look really old but they're like my age oh yeah yeah, yeah. 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 and like i feel like it's just it was a harder time like and i'm Absolutely. willing to believe that the warrens just had led harder lives um maybe not necessarily because of demons or you know yeah. you know or, or but i'm sure or they would claim things. as such yeah 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 um it's kind of hard to be like Old man Patrick Wilson doesn't quite happen because it's just yeah. he's just too darn good looking. <laughs> he looks he looks young and healthy and he looks Hollywood and so Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's he the thing. It, kind of the same thing with Vera Farmiga too. She's got such a everybody mom quality. She does. Um, she's so motherly. I just 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she reminds me of our old landlord, Mama Rockwell. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah, she's like Mrs. Rockwell. If Mrs. Rockwell believed in that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, and like a foot taller. Oh, yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. She's a tall yeah. woman for sure. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I, yeah. I feel like, I feel like she's got to be tall. Um, absolutely. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah. So that, that's, uh, so the I feel, uh, general aesthetic of things I think are pretty good. Um, Acting's pretty good. Music. I, um, with the exception of Call Me, um, I think uh, the sound design is pretty good. I mean, I don't know if I can count songs as part of sound design, but it's there. But sound design's pretty good. It's uh, And I think um, we were talking, uh, before we started recording, and we were just talking about how sound design is very important for a horror film, and this is, Absolutely. This Absolutely. is pretty good. I'm pretty, like, I feel like there's more good than bad. Yeah. I don't know. What do you, what do y'all got? I think it's super important. Uh, we were discussing how we saw Halloween on a big screen, actually, in the theater, mm-hmm. and that totally changed the game. Um, one, I've always that was always my favorite movie to be honest and then yeah. with chase he actually saw i felt like he finally saw it the way i've always seen it yeah and that was important um and we've seen old movies um when they do throwbacks in the theater and it's just like incredible like blade runner a little off topic but mm-hmm. um i always thought it was an okay movie when i yeah. saw it in theaters it was mind-blowingly better simply because of the music um the sound uh just everything it changes your physical being. It really takes you a different place. So what do you think about this movie was so important to be seen on the big screen? For the same reason, um, I think it it is very loud, I will say. It kind of <laughs> yeah, is, li- is a roller coaster a ride of sound, so it gets very quiet. And then it has a really strong buildup that um, is important, which is nice, because there isn't a lot of cheap jump scares, I wouldn't say, because they're technically real. So yeah. when you yeah, everything is happening is actually a scary moment. It's not like uh, you get scared, but oh, it's just a friend playing a prank. Like, like a everything when yeah. there's a jump scare, it's because something actually scary is happening, and it continues to be scary. Yeah, and I yeah, think it's that's not exactly. A fake out. Yeah, it's not fake yeah. out. That better that's, term. That did. That's so there are real jump scares, not fake outs. I'm not super into jump scares, but as long as they're actually something scary, I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's just that's how I saw it, and I'm like, okay, it really takes you there, sound wise, and obviously visually so that, mm-hmm. that was nice to finally see again yeah I, I before we started recording i said like i never shut my eyes in horror films but i will <laughs> cover my ears because yeah. right you know it's that's the thing that gets me yeah i'd say there's a lot of things that really worked for me with this movie um i liked how different it was trying to be from the other conjurings while still being within the universe uh mm-hmm. the first two conjuring movies had a very dark blue color palette whereas yeah, yeah. uh this new director it's very orange she's got a lot of yellows mm-hmm. and oranges so it feels stylistically different while still trying to be in the conjuring universe which i thought really helped it the sound design was good way better than it was in the second one because like in the first conjuring he was okay with having moments of silence to help make something scarier mm-hmm. in the very intro of the the movie there's a moment uh with the the little possessed kid that's you know part of the beginning where everything's silent except for some really disturbing, startling noises. And I think it's the strongest part of the movie is actually the first two minutes because it was the scariest part of the movie. It was done very well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, we're actually going to watch a scary movie. And I was really into that. Yeah, um, it gets you ready. So I like that it was... And, and you know, the other thing I think works, and hopefully this, there's no spoiler here, is it's not a haunted house movie. No, whereas the no. first two are and this one it's it, this is like the temple of doom of the conjuring trilogy where they're like what if we have these characters and do something different and mm-hmm. these are paranormal investigators and they're like well, so how about they not investigate a house they're investigating something else and i think that really helped i felt like we know more about the characters now the world seems more exciting and interesting instead of everything just being a house with demonic possessions right so and- yeah 
did we like we had like we had a possession in the first movie did we in the second one did we like yeah so technically ed wilkins the old man was supposed to be possessing the little girl right okay yeah, yeah he okay. was just present in uh talking to her the most yeah and he was, was supposed to be the guy who lived right. there before so he was supposed to be a, a demonic possession. but then they found out like oh we will save that for later we talk about it into the yeah, we, yeah, when we talk about the other ones. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, it's 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 more complicated than that. But yeah, so to stay away from spoilers, yes, there is absolutely yeah, yeah. a possession in that one. I would say. Okay, so. okay, yeah, um, yeah. Spoiler alert: I guess people get possessed. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you yeah. didn't know, <laughs> uh, sorry if you were if you didn't see that coming. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So okay. So what uh, what do you feel like is kind of lacking? What is what's quite not working with this one? Well, as a, yeah, oh no, you no, go no, first. no. I actually, I'm going to think about this one. You so, as I was talking to you before we started recording, um, I would say that this feels more like a suspense film than a scary film. Mm-hmm. It was very suspenseful, and I wanted to know what happened, and I there was moments of tension. But the first Conjuring, I was legitimately scared. I think it's one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. And I remember, you know, when I was going to bed, I couldn't get images that scared me out of my head. I never had that with this one. Mm -hmm. I very much enjoyed it, and it was tense, but I never felt legitimately scared. So I think that that was one of the things that hurt. The the director's pacing is wonderful, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's understood how to make a specific scene terrifying like James Wan did in at least the first Conjuring movie. Yeah. And that's, I guess that's just a, a guess is what's happening here. Because he, when, when this director did Curse of La Llorona, once again, a lot of, you know, very dark film, well-paced, some dread and some tension, but I was never actually scared by anything. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's kind of something, um, since you kind of mentioned about the La Llorona, it has like a different, what do you want to call it? It's darker, like we yeah. literally darker uh, lighting. And I think it, I think personally it's how do I say this it's really hanging on to that concept a lot more than actually doing other things it's like what if we just made it really dark and I don't like that because I I don't know I think that that was the brilliance of the first conjuring because everything was kind of happening in the day and it was still scary I'm like how did you do that that's amazing Mm -hmm. and this one it's like it's gonna be scary because you can't see anything and I Mm -hmm. didn't appreciate that as much um perhaps and yeah. I do think that there's like there's dark and there's dark like yeah. there's um because <laughs> um, I think there's I guess there's I suppose I would say there's l- better lit <laughs> or less lit and dark yeah. um, and there seems to be more just dark in yeah. this yeah. Is that there there needed to be just one more tiny bit of like little bit of light I I agree and because For I sure. think they missed the opportunity to so in the first Conjuring. When things were scary, the lighting was dark and it worked. But then, you know, during the day when the family's, like, outside in the yard and everyone's having a good time, it's very brightly lit, helping establish tone. Whereas in this movie, like, when the Warrens were back at their house at one point, which was a non-threatening, non-dangerous time, it was also still very dark and morose. And they missed the opportunity to carry different mood tonalities throughout the movie by having brighter moments. I'm okay with some of the very dark, like emotionally dark scenes being as dark as they were but he didn't have enough variety yeah i felt like i needed a flashlight sometimes like i just was kind of like i'm not <laughs> totally. seeing anything i i, I can't even see anything <laughs> yeah I, I did think they did um i, I will call it the forest sequence the forest yeah. to, uh, the forest cliff sequence mm-hmm. that that does a pretty good back and forth absolutely dark and light really oh, well fair. like i thought that was pretty well edited yeah with how they did that it was um, a good scene 
It's a good scene, yeah. yeah. Um, I will say, so I feel like, as, as much as I like the uh, the first Conjuring movie, there's like a little bit of set piece to set piece to set piece to that. Sure. Mm. Um, it does have a good plot, though, so it doesn't it, it doesn't bother me <laughs> that yeah. it does that. Um, um, this one does, it doesn't quite have that, and a part of me kind of wishes it did. <laughs> um, You're not wrong. I feel like yeah. they missed opportunities to carry other pivotal things. I think, even though I think the movie was paced well, the biggest struggle it had was I wasn't quite sure what story it was trying to tell. So yeah. to avoid spoilers, because explaining this means a lot of spoilers, so doing my best to do it, as you gave the premise to the movie, this guy saying the devil made me do it, the best way to describe this movie is the first third at most is about that. And then yeah. they completely ignore that plot until the last 10 minutes of the film. Because right. there was a second mini-movie. And they're related, but I think that hurt. They didn't understand what story they were trying to tell over the other. And yeah, we, that's what yeah. killed it. We get kind of like a detective plot. Um, and, and I'm cool in, with the detective. I just don't yeah. think they integrated with each other well. Like you said, it didn't feel like set piece to set piece. It was kind of like from dusk till dawn. We had mm -hmm. two movies in yeah. a movie. And that's what, uh, yeah. I can feel, yeah, yeah. I feel that, yeah. It's, uh, that, that said though, it doesn't make it like, I know what I signed up for. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, totally. like, <laughs> like uh, and I still like, I still had a good time. Um, I think it's, I mean, it's still probably better than the second one in that sense um, yeah. although there's things that there's things about the second one that i like more um and there's things oh, really? i found scarier in the second one more than this one but as like a as like a film i think there's slightly better like i, I guess like i guess i would say the script for this is a little bit better mm -hmm. um i think that's probably what it comes down to um, i think the characters are more fleshed out than they were in the second movie and i think that might be because they're they're they have realer people to work with in probably. that one like I, that's my guess like yeah. oh i see what you're saying yeah that makes yeah. sense well so i'd say um Another major thing that I think worked with this Conjuring that differs it from the first two mm. is it doesn't have a gimmicky mini monster that's its sole purpose is to have a spinoff movie come out of it. Yeah, we don't have that in this one. In, is... in the first movie, we had oh, Annabelle, Annabelle, but it worked because it was, a, it was a shtick with the movie, but it was a really good, powerful mini horror movie at the beginning that people liked and it just happened to be good for a spinoff mm -hmm. but it felt like in the second one studio execs are we need more of that so they didn't just do it again they did two yet the nun yeah. and the crooked man who's getting his own and they felt very <laughs> forced in the second one like we need more mini monsters for other movies and they didn't do that in this this movie has its own thing and i like that uh i didn't feel like we just need to put another story in here mm -hmm. yeah and it does have that... I kind of feel like the cold open is actually, like, a really good little short film. Absolutely. Like, um, so it has, like, it has... If it has a mini-movie, I would say it's that that cold open before we get Conjuring 3. But it's yeah. relevant to the plot of the whole movie. So yeah, no, it, it's important for the whole thing, yeah. It was yeah. integrated well. I yeah. thought it was really well done. I like... That was probably my favorite part, too. Some good some good demonic gymnastics going on yeah. in that first Absolutely. opening. That was pretty sweet. <laughs> and, uh, and some and some Freddy clawing, um, but not yeah. <laughs> um, no no actual finger knives, just some like <laughs> just uh, some scratches. They're very Freddy esque. Yeah, very. But, deep hey, new line cinema, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what would you say would be like? How would you grade this on a before before we get into our spoiler space? We have to we have to grade it for the people at home. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, what do you think? I would say I... it's a solid seventy nine, and that's oh, only really? because it doesn't earn the B status because B is kind of like getting close to near classic b means like i want to watch this regularly the first one i i could watch the first conjuring a lot of times and i'm not going to get sick of it this one was good enough that i will rewatch it i enjoy it i'll recommend it but it's not good enough to get out of the c territory but it's definitely worth a c like there's effort yeah. there's quality there's nothing inherently wrong with it but it also didn't blow you away 
Yeah, totally. I definitely would give it. Um, I would give it a B minus. I think it oh, could go. go that high. Yeah, oh. um, but kind of like maybe eighty. Like, like yeah, we're talking so, a long, long but that's because hey, the, hey, hey, yeah. the but, B symbol and the C symbol means so much. No, I know, but yeah. I guess it's kind of, I feel like, um, you know how when a teacher, you're, they're going to give you a 79 because that's probably what you earned, but they felt a little bad for you, and then uh-huh. they gave you an 80 just so you can see that B. That's kind of how I felt about it because I did appreciate a lot of what they were doing. I just had um, just other issues because I'm such a big horror movie fan and yeah. – um, and, and, you know, as, as someone who might be a little more well-versed, you kind of get annoyed by some things that might be overdone yeah. over and over. So that's the only reason. Not because it was bad. It's just not my style or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm actually kind of in the same place. Like, I'm like, right. It's basically kind of like a C-plus movie. Um, whereas where I would call, like, Conjuring 2 is very much, like, a kind of a C-minus movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, to like, but I would I would put the, the Conjuring at, like, kind of an A-minus, B-plus kind of place. Yeah like flat 90 for me and it's um so this one is like i think i would almost be willing to tell people to watch this instead of two because you don't have to have seen two to watch this but you do have to have seen one to watch two yeah because there's way too many plot elements in the second one that we actually had that conversation the other day Mm -hmm. and he said three is a good standalone you you don't have to have ever seen a conjuring you see three and you can also see the first one without seeing anything else but the second one is dependent on the first one yeah Absolutely. But I, I, I think that's interesting. I don't think this now, I think I'm just desensitized and having watched horror movies for over 30 years. Um, <laughs> so it didn't like get to me like the first one did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I still think it was like well crafted. It, it, it was, you know, relatively like a, he like he made a good a good thing. He didn't quite quite excel, but he still made something, you know, relatively legit. And I think if you're just I think if you're like afraid of horror movies, you could watch this and probably <laughs> oh, yeah. be okay. And like, say uh, it's a sure. sophomore effort. This is a pretty good. He's going in the right direction with horror. This is better than oh, Light Arona, mm-hmm. and that yeah. means I have a feeling his third one will be even better. Okay. I think. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Like I'm not like unlike Gary Doberman, like who who did like the Nun. Um, like I, <laughs> oh, could, yeah. I, I could I could avoid his stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I'm good. Yeah, I, I'm good. Like him, like you know, this guy. Like I, I think I I think I'll be interested. So like uh, David Sandberg, he did Annabelle Creation, and then he mm-hmm. did um, Shazam and Lights Out and something. And I really like him. People, you should check out his YouTube. It's great. He's got variety. Uh, oh wow, yeah. he's got variety. Um, and so like so, so this so this particular thing is you know making good directors, which I think is is pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah. which is kind of going against the Marvel thing where they're just well we'll just have Kenneth Branagh do this movie and it's yeah uh, Marvel needs people who uh, play along with their rules, whereas this seems to be letting them do their own thing. Yeah, which I which think I is. Like. It's Smarter. needed for horror, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I completely agree. All right, cool. So anyway, so that is so that's that's our review of Conjuring Three, and now because uh, Chase and Lily are a paranormal podcast, we're just going to talk about the quote unquote true elements of all of the Conjuring. Now nah, we're just going to talk <laughs> about the Conjuring universe <laughs> just for fun. All right, so here's here begins the spoilery parts of the discussion. So if you haven't seen any of these movies, I don't know why you're listening to this right now, but we're gonna <laughs> well we'll probably talk about the other ones other than just one and two. So. Yeah. And if you watch the first two, just watch the third one. There's no reason not to. Yeah, for sure. It, it really doesn't like. It's not like. I mean, it's not amazing, but it's certainly like fun. I mean, it's like, better than your average horror movie that comes out. So oh that's good. Yeah. That's for sure. And I'm totally down. But I, I will ask one quick thing. Do you think this needed an R rating? No. Okay, not I didn't. At all. Um, I didn't think so either. No, I don't think so. Um, why did it get an R rating? Actually, no cussing, there... really. No nudity. No there was a little bit of blood, but it was usually off camera. Yeah, yeah. And the stabbing well, I... wasn't as graphic as you would have thought. Yeah, um... and a naked fat guy. I don't. Um... Oh, maybe. But you didn't even see. You didn't even see genitalia. No. Uh, I mean, yeah. 
I don't know. I didn't I know, know it was rated R. I don't. I didn't even realize. Because yeah, the, when when because yeah, we're in spoiler mode now. When yeah, you can you can yeah, you can, you can go a little. Bit when there. the guy stabs his landlord, who I think in real life's name was Bono or Bono. Yeah, uh, yeah. it was. You Alan see him Bono. grab the knife, but you never see him like actually killing the guy. You just see him with blood later on walking down mm -hmm, the street, mm -hmm. and that's something you can get away with on television. So yeah. I think he had that same amount of blood in the trailer. Like, yeah, because uh, yeah. oh, yeah, sometimes the they'll they'll take back blood a little bit in the trailers, like. Mm -hmm in like in one of the deathly hallows ones like in the hermione has like a bunch of blood in her hand in the right, movie right. but in the trailers oh. it's like a little trickle um, <laughs> the conjuring is also infamous because they change the trailers to make scenes that don't exist in the movie yeah in yeah, the first conjuring yeah. they have this scene where the uh the mom it has the match and she's stuck in the basement and then a hand comes out and claps behind her never yeah. happens in the movie but it happens in the trailer and in this most recent conjuring there's the scene in which the witch comes up to ed warren and blows the smoke in his face yeah in the movie she just blows smoke in his face but in the trailer her face turns like lava demonic when she does it Ooh. oh really i didn't know yeah because like, oh, I, I just rewatched the trailers to get ready for this yeah. for this yeah. for this uh little session we're doing here and when i watch it i'm like ah oh, it didn't happen <laughs> it's like that? wait a minute yeah yeah huh weird but i mean they know how to get butts and seats i guess i mean that's the important thing yeah i agree that's the goal for sure yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I, for the mo as a trilogy, it's not like the best trilogy, um, but it has a really solid first movie and then two movies that are a second movie. That's not great. And a third movie that's, you know, that's, you know, it's, it's legit. It's good. I think um, I'm friendlier to it than you are though, because yeah. I would argue that this is the best film film series, a uh, best horror series of the last decade. Yeah. I mean, it goes up there with some other ones. Uh, and when the conjuring first came out, which was like what, 2013, we had just finished a decade of, well, I, I got a list of the kinds of movies to give vibes to it so people remember. Mm -hmm. The kinds of movies we had the decade before was the Amityville remake, yeah. House of Wax, The Descent, Last House on the Left, The Wrong Turn series, The oh, Dawn God. of the Dead remake, The <laughs> Halloween remake. Essentially, we have mostly teen screams, some remakes, gory slasher mm -hmm. films. And all of a sudden, The Conjuring comes out, and it's like a callback to like, rosemary's baby mm -hmm. it's a callback to like the exorcist uh, uh and the omen and yeah. the exorcist if it the conjuring series feels like old school pre-slasher teen scream totally horror yeah. and we didn't have that and i'm so happy that it came back because there's room for all of it but we didn't yeah. have that mm -hmm. so i think it came out when there was a vacuum in horror and it gave us something we weren't used to. When 2020 came around um i wrote i did this like the last 10 years thing and i put um where I, where I just kind of like put best of the decade by genre. Oh yeah. And and like I think I mentioned the Conjuring universe as like the best like one of uh, like one of the best of horror. I mean like along with like uh, of course also along with Hereditary and Get Out. But oh, right. um, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but um but like I think that was like what I like the last decade in horror like that the, the 2010s in horror got especially that latter part got really interesting because we were dealing with some stuff. Um, absolutely. And so I think that that's kind of like where where this is coming from it's that like now i would say that these movies are a little bit more populist um mm -hmm. and this is not a bad thing they're kind of in a sense mainstream horror films if you if you know what i mean like oh, absolutely they're, they're like i think someone who's like people really into horror films could like will also really enjoy it but someone who's only like kind of them will probably still really enjoy them because they're they're scary but they don't really get into the really extreme mm -hmm. stuff it's it, yeah they're not it, i wouldn't say they're artistic and incredibly deep in the way that something like it follows is yeah. Where every time you watch it follows, you see way more material that you you realize they're not just trying to scare you. There's actually a lot 
going on in this or this like some, or it's not commenting on maybe society or you know what I mean it's not, or like get out I think would have been a big one it's it was scary but also it was kind of um touching on actual like human history and behavior and all that mm. good good junk that is um suggestive that people are a lot scarier than you think and hear mm. some weird shit as well <laughs> maybe it covers yeah. that line that we we years ago had the conversation that it between a movie and a film <laughs> yeah was it with I me? I said Conjuring <laughs> oh, our sure. movies. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was. I said Conjuring their movies, and I love them. I think the first Conjuring is top three scary movies of all time to me because it actually scared me. I I don't know specifically what it is that scares me about movies, but it and the orphanage, not the orphan, mm-hmm. the orphanage, yeah. two scariest movies I've ever seen. Where I actually did have nightmares. Like it's a cliche, but I had nightmares mm-hmm. after I saw them, and mm-hmm. so that affected me. And so it was just going to be hard for the Conjuring two or three to match that because. I had a very specific feeling and memory and experience. So it wasn't just like, oh, Conjuring's okay. Let's see if the sequel's like, I was like, you have to be able to match that for me to even think you're anywhere near as good as that. And so Conjuring 2 had a really tough hill to go up, but I think they ruined almost every step they could. Mm -hmm. Like, so I I just rewatched the intro to the Conjuring 2 and they used the Amityville horror, one of the most famous horror scenes of all time. Famous things ever, yeah. And they made the least scary way to show it and tell it. They made it a footnote, a bad footnote, uh, and a way to introduce this non-mini character. And I was already like, oh man, this movie's starting off terribly. And then they decided to go to England and commit one of the worst movie sins of all time. And that is by playing London Calling with yeah. a stupid mix of shots of London, I think that should be illegal. Not not only that, no, my that's so uh, it bothered me too because when that movie takes place, London Calling wasn't a song yet. Oh really? Yeah, because it was like seventy-five, yeah. right? Something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And, and London Calling's that, but... like seventy-nine. It's so tacky. It's like wow. you know, England has an entire history of music, and you like this one because they say the word London in it. Like, it's not that it's a bad song, but it's probably the most overplayed punk song of all time yeah pretty much yeah as yeah. a punk rock guy i can yeah <laughs> if there's a clash song that people know it's that song. well i guess yeah. that there's should i stay or should i go i guess yeah um, oh, that's, but, that's true but but stranger things may have helped that one um, yeah there's things i like about too like i kind of like i like the overall like way the nun looks yeah agreed I, there's sequence where where the nun's name is hidden like the demon's name is like hidden mm-hmm. in her like vision dream thing whatever like i actually really enjoyed that although that i caught cool. it when i was in the theater which could be a bad thing um because <laughs> it meant that when it came up later it's like oh its name is valid it was of like, all super, of all people though thing. it would be you you're very good at spotting those kinds Absolutely, of things yeah. yeah i suppose that is true yes um but still i i don't know i like it was enjoyable it was but it was like i enjoyed it in the fact that like i also enjoy friday the 13th part five mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it's not great but i'm enjoying it still so um well i think the other thing it struggled with is so all three conjuring movies are based to some degree off of stuff Mm -hmm. i would say that the first and third have a lot more based on actual things than the second one does yeah if you read about the enfield poltergeist uh not only is it obviously horrific and it's like it's one of the most debunked things it is so obviously a hoax yeah. Um, very few of the things that were in the movie actually happened, so they had to push a lot. Yeah. Like, you know, the the one of the best scenes in the movie was when all the crosses... By the way, I don't know why they had a room with 10,000 crosses in it, but when they all flip over, it's a cool scene, but that never happened in real life. Not of only did they not. not have a room filled with crosses, but nothing like that happened. Right. And Not it, a lot of people do, but and, yeah. And the real yeah. photographs of these kids levitating, which were on time-delayed cameras, 
it's the girl jumping on a bed and it's so obviously the girl jumping on a bed yeah. it's embarrassing yeah and so they were trying they had to force fear into it and it's not like you can't do that because there's a lot of stuff in the conjuring three where they do that but i don't think they did it particularly well and they mm -hmm. also had the overarching plot of uh Lorraine kept seeing the way Ed died on this tree yeah. and they made that so important but it didn't work with the movie mm -hmm. I yeah. hated that scene it was such a Hollywood horror plot like string I just didn't like that and so there was nothing that The Conjuring 2 did that kept me going like yeah this is really scary it's mostly just like okay you're hitting a cliche here a cliche here here's a new mini monster spin that off let's do this let's do that yeah yeah <laughs> I, I, I got like, I, yeah no and I and I felt like that like I knew he, I knew Ed would be fine because he lived to 2006. Right. Yeah, he has to be fine when he was no longer yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, when he was he was old. <laughs> yeah, not fine. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. You know, one's a really good movie. The three's pretty solid. So I like um, but yeah, I think this this Conjuring universe is how I wish Universal had considered its monster movies. Absolutely. Like, if they were going to do that, I wish they had kind of, like, instead of trying to do the Marvel thing, I wish they had looked to this, which is, like, a much quieter, not as obviously connected kind of thing, but it still, it works better, because when they did their original universe in the 30s and 40s, well, really just the 40s, it didn't matter, because like, about continuity and stuff, because you yeah. didn't have home video and anything, but it was the tenuous connection between things works really good for that. And that pro and these are all like kind of like sort of connected in that the Warrens are often like in that world, or there's like a priest character that's apparently in La Llorona, who's also in Annabelle mm -hmm. references that make you realize this is a, a an entire world of creepy stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and and that's what I like before we recording, like that's what I kind of want them to go forward with if, if they if they go forward mm -hmm. um, it, to make like to just start focusing on like other urban legend type things. Absolutely. That, you know, maybe not Bigfoot, but or but, you know, <laughs> a, a, a like a Mothman related kind of movie off of this would be kind of fun. I think it would be an amazing I think it's a great universe. It's I think you're right. It's just like what if uh, there was an alternate universe where all these things were real? How would yeah. we deal with that? Here we go. Yeah, I think yeah. that would be amazing. But I'm also okay with them continuing also with a line of just the The Conjuring with mm -hmm. the Ed and Lorraine Warren mm -hmm. stories. Um, like, we, we, I, I can't remember if we mentioned during this recording, but I don't like the real Ed and Lorraine Warren, but <laughs> I really I. Yeah. love the characters in these movies. Yeah. Both actors, they're very likable. They have mm -hmm. screen chemistry with each other. They're a believable yep. couple. When they're on screen, you want to know what they're doing. So I think they're good characters, and they could keep going. And I hope they keep going in the direction of The Conjuring 3, where they're like, okay, we don't have to keep remaking exact plot points of the other movies. We just need to have these characters deal with something scary, and that's good enough. The story should write itself, because these characters that they've established over three movies are pretty well-defined now. And they're strong. Um, yeah. And they're strong. Yeah. So I'd be okay with The Conjuring 4 and 5, as long as these characters are back. If, if all of a sudden we have to cast new people, let it die and do other stuff. Mm. This, is, this isn't this is James Bond. You don't replace characters in stuff like this. Like, <laughs> right. just, yeah. If someone says I'm not resigning a new contract, be like, all right, we're done with them, but let's do other in-universe stuff. Create right, other like characters. It's okay to create new yeah. characters. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or they could just move to their daughter or something. Uh, yeah, ooh, absolutely. You know, I actually <laughs> thought that was interesting because they... Uh, they did talk about how the priest, um, you know, it's, he was kind of warning Lorraine, I think, mm -hmm. at some point and saying, be careful of what your obsessions are. They will translate to your children. 
That mm-hmm. might have been some foreshadowing. I'm not Maybe. sure. Good with point. Lorian and Ed. So, yeah. I thought that yeah. was interesting. Well, I think the daughter is a big deal. Now, this is the one we ha- neither of us have seen. Like, I think the daughter is the is a big focus of Annabelle Comes Home. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that one I haven't seen. Although I liked Annabelle Creation. I thought Annabelle was kind of... It was it was a Rosemary's Baby rip. Um, <laughs> I do think the scene of I don't think you liked it, Lloyd, but I hate I lo- I loved it. The scene when she's like in the basement in Annabelle and she sees like the red devil face, that oh, worked yeah. for me. Whereas right. when I saw the stupid face in Insidious, that didn't do anything for me. I was like, I looks like I, a kid, I <laughs> a saw, kid at a festival. I saw Insidious with a, in a room full of teenagers. I was doing this like summer college program where sure. these um, where these teenagers would like pay a lot of money to go be at the dorm over the, over like for a few weeks in the summer, and we had like a Friday night movie, and they picked Insidious, <laughs> and so nice. <laughs> worked on teenagers. I can tell you that it that, does. that creepy demon face. Well, it's it. There was that one study where they like measure people's heart rates and their responses, and, and apparently Insidious ranked as the scariest movie just by people's body reactions to it yeah and i think oh. insidious ranked um highest so they i don't know what that means but they were like that means it's the most scary movie ever made i'm like well i don't know if that's what that means but yeah. it certainly got people um yeah a lot of jump scares will make people's heart race and, and stuff think, like that as well i so. think that was the, the reason really because yeah. they were there was so much anticipation that they were doing and i think they had a lot of fake jumps too so <laughs> there, there's a lot of fake um, outs in that movie yeah, i believe yeah right it, it there they're using like data to prove a subjective point which is not incorrect but not correct either mm-hmm. it's like when people say that airplane is the funniest movie ever made because it has like so many jokes a minute that you know for the most part land yeah but i mean like that that does not that, that data does not necessarily mean that um but i think you're it's, it's okay right, <laughs> um, right i'll accept it i guess well if, if we're yeah. going back to talking about what's real and what's not when it comes to the conjuring movies i'm totally okay with uh, creative license. Like, yeah. I, I think when I researched, I could be wrong, correct me if I am, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, they said based on true story, but it's not based on anything Texas. I thought it was <laughs> loosely based Texas. on Ed Gein. Yeah, Ed Gein, yeah. Very right. loosely based. Like, that had nothing to do with it. Whereas the Conjuring movies actually do a lot that's similar, but they do make changes, and some of them are really smart. The biggest For one sure. being Annabelle. Yeah. Because yeah, well, the real doll... It would right be so doll. hard to take that seriously. And well, I, I just want to see someone like splice in a Raggedy Ann doll in all the original opening scene just to see, is it scary? Because it, it doesn't look like it. Yeah. I imagine part of it was, A, it would have been hard to make it scary, and B, they'd have to get it cleared by the, the Raggedy Ann Corporation. To oh, absolutely. That. They're probably yeah. not going to let you make a horror film. <laughs> That, um, I didn't even think about My brain didn't even go that far. I was like, oh, yeah, the yeah. toy company might have something to say about it. Yeah, I, yeah. I just figured that they weren't going to do it because it would have been hard for me. I never had one, but I knew people who did. Yeah, and I knew people had them. I think my sister like, had one. Yeah. I'm not going to be scared of my own doll. You know, maybe that yeah. would have been an issue as well. But I think the licensing might have been um, the biggest struggle. They yeah, didn't want to pay money true. or even permission. Yeah. Oh, but I also get the feeling that James Wan looked at it and be like, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> so it may not have even in, like, been on the table. Immediate like, shutdown. No, yeah. It's not happening. In, in the early part of the pandemic, um, somebody at the New Line Twitter just started, like, posted this video of Annabelle around the office board. <laughs> because there was no one in the office. And so they would just move the doll place to place. That's like, awesome. Just, just, like, being there and, like, bored. Like, That's awesome. <laughs> like, no one's around. La la la. Yeah. Uh, I think they had her wearing sunglasses at one point. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Yeah. I, I think because I'm not I'm not scared of like 
dolls and stuff never scared me. I know it's definitely something that scares a lot of people. Like yeah. some people are scared of mirrors, and I'm not. And mm -hmm. I think like we, you talked in a previous uh, episode about Oculus on one of your podcasts. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what episode it was that you were talking about Oculus. But you're like, I just couldn't care. And I'm like, maybe it's because you need to be scared of mirrors to like really be yeah. scared of this movie. Mm -hmm. It's I'm a real not, thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm not really scared of dolls. So I think they did a good job of trying to make the doll look as creepy as possible. Because like when I watch Chucky, it's just <laughs> not yeah. funny. Remake or original, it's just not scary. I mean, maybe yeah. six-year-old me was a little scared. But, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. but when I was that age, I was scared of killer clowns from outer space. <laughs> So that's true. I, I don't find children scary. Like I've like I've never uh, found the whole like creepy child thing really war and it's a very popular trope. The laughing happened. in the darkness or something like that. Yeah, that that doesn't really like it's, uh, it's a kid grounded. I agree. Or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> You're grounded. No haunting for a week. Yeah. Um, get out of here. Yeah. Like, I yeah, it's that one never really clicked with me, but I, I it's one of those things that I understand. Like I don't find clowns scary either, but I I intellectually understand yeah. <laughs> why people find it scary. Um, and I think that's why, if we, it, what we're talking about right here is why I think The First Conjuring was so effective is because it had so many things that most people do find scary. It didn't have specific weird things like a mirror or like, or whatnot, but you know, there's the girl's leg getting pulled off of a bed yeah. by, that's scary to pretty much everybody because you're like, something's actually pulling mm -hmm. your leg. Yeah. And uh, doors slamming when you're right next to them. So it's not like you see someone distance like, oh, it's the wind. Like, there's like a demon closing it right in front of you. Or you see that the girl's hair rising yep. and then she gets pulled through mm -hmm. the, the window or the, the, the part of the wall, wall or something like that. Yeah. Those things are like, objectively, those are terrifying things. They're, they're not going to specific childhood traumas. They're like, you're seeing this happen. There is a demon interfering with you. And this is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And the uh, and the uh, and a creepy witch on top of your wardrobe. Yeah. Also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throw in also a witch some... and uh, and yeah. dead children. You know that she cursed. Yeah. Also living on the land. That's a, there's a ton of. Yeah, I think it hits a lot of people's points. So if you weren't afraid of one thing, I'm sure there's going to be something in there that they tried to capture. <laughs> oh, to... like when the sheet comes off of the clothesline and it yeah. like wraps around. Probably one of the best scenes one in the movie. That's cool really scenes. good. And it's yeah. daylight. Like, it's, it's exactly. bright lit and everything. Yeah. To scare someone in daylight is powerful, and that's something the first Conjuring was able to do. They had terrifying scenes during the daylight. It's also one of the things I give credit to the opening, only the opening, of the first Jeepers Creepers movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't like... I, the yeah. movie in general is terrible, but I think the first, like, ten minutes when they're just driving and then there's that crazy car behind them, it's bright daylight, road trip, usually a very positive thing. But it was a terrifying scene. Yeah. And I think that takes skill to make someone scared outside, sun is shining. It's, it's, it's hard to do that. <laughs> Agreed. Mm -hmm. right. Of the of the spin-off movies, which ones do you think are the worth the ones worth watching? Hmm. I was okay with the first Annabelle movie. Uh it was it, it felt like a popcorn flick and I was cool with it. Mm -hmm. Um the Nun, what I remember, because you know, like I said earlier, <laughs> we were drinking, uh I was very unenthusiastic with it. Um yeah. Lyarona is not scary, but it wasn't bad. Okay. It tells the story well. I mean, you know, if, if you're into that kind of legend or you want to learn about it, I mean, I don't know how accurate it is a lot because there's a lot of different variations of how that story came about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it does uh, touch on one specific popular one, and I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. It, Annabelle's scarier than it, though. Like, yeah. at the end of Lyarona, you're going to be like, this movie could have been way better, but I'm not, like, upset. I'm it's not okay. Mad. Yeah. For for me, the spinoffs, I want to watch every single one of them once, 
but I don't know if there's a single one of them I ever want to see twice. Yeah. yeah I, now I get that. I like the Annabelle creation. Is it creation? Annabelle Origins? I don't, the second there, Annabelle. Yeah, the yeah, second yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, I, I like that one a lot. I liked it, like, I and I and I only went to go see it because I was hearing good things. So I'd say so far, none of the spinoffs have, have blown me away, and I, nah. they're talking about the Crooked Man one, which, if you, if you need a Crooked Man movie, it's already exists. It's called The Babadook, and it's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and once again, that's a movie that everyone loves, but I'm not into. Um, but it's better than I think the Crooked Man movie is going to be. I already have yeah. a feeling it will be. Yeah. 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 It won't I be as good. That. I'm on you on that one. Yeah, I'm with you yeah. there. Yeah, I would really like it if they did like some kind of like urban legend thing. Or like one, like an urban legend that like that we don't totally know about. That like, would I mean, be like, nice. Yeah, like uh, that. But then it's like a thing that I could like go and say, oh, this is like a thing. Like that, like that, that Bunny Man Bridge thing. Yeah, exactly. Is, is like something that... You don't know that much about because it sounds a little ridiculous when you say it out loud. But um, absolutely, but it's like a legit thing. So go check that out, listeners. Uh, your La Llorona episode is actually one of my favorite episodes that you guys have done. Um, oh really? And but now when I heard that story, it was of course tailor made to New Mexico. So oh, absolutely, it was a hundred percent the Rio Grande. <laughs> to me, it always was. I grew up. It was in the Bosque where it happened. It in the like Bosque, yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was. Bosque. Yeah. I don't know why I said Bosque. That was like my little childhood guy coming out who doesn't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> In the Bosque. Yeah. Yeah, and so I really should watch that movie just because of, like, I know that story, you know, pretty well. I mean, pretty well, nice. I know that particular, like, early, like, that mid 90s New Mexico version. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah. But yeah, like, uh, like, what I heard on the playground. Yeah, that's, that's like, that's something I wish that they would kind of, like, explore more in later movies. I mean, I'm down with another Conjuring movie with, like, with um, Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. Like, I'm down with that, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, me too. But yeah, I think it's, 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 the one thing I'll say, like, if you can't really compare it to, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe because those Avenger movies felt like the big annual movie. Like, yeah. not mm-hmm. annual. Like, like, in comic books, there's, like, the annual, right? That's, mm-hmm. like, the big exactly issue of the year so and the the conjuring movies don't have that feeling like they they're don't not have, leading like, to anything but they're not that's because they're not yeah. leading yeah. anything we're there not gonna like... have a movie where like annabelle and the nun come and attack you know Adler and warren <laughs> and then all the other paranormal investigators have to come and fight them off like yeah right. That the guys sounds from like Insidious the worst movie have to ever. come and save the day now. <laughs> right. Yeah, that sounds like a terrible movie. Yeah, oh, Lee Wan L with his glasses has to come and, <laughs> and save the day. Um, and like, and I that that might be a different studio. I don't know who did the Insidious movies, um, but they definitely have like that. Those, that's a universe that I think could very easily merge into this one. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I don't think it's New Line that does those movies, but yeah, yeah I'm right. not sure. Sony myself, played yeah. nice with Disney, so maybe it could happen. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate you guys coming on to this. Um, so if you're if if you're listening to us and you're listening to us because we talk about movies, so we don't necessarily talk about horror stuff all the time. So Chase and Lily do a their own podcast called Hair of the Werewolf, and uh, the episodes of theirs that I would like I like all of them. I listen to them every week when I'm doing my chores on Sunday. So <laughs> the the two episodes that I would definitely recommend for our r- listeners to check out is Secondhand Haunting, mm-hmm. which is yeah. about which is your do- your creepy doll episode. If I if I, if, I, if I'm right, yeah, that's yeah. the one with yeah. the creepy Elsa doll. Wait, the secondhand hauntings is the Tallman. Is that the bus? Oh, is that the Tallman? Oh, okay, okay. The I may Tallman, have like, Tallman's I may have got, yeah. Like, yeah, they are. Okay, so yeah. But that one's good. No, I like that one too. Tallman's <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah, what's yeah, the, the Elsa, Elsa doll is called secondhand demon dolls. Oh, secondhand demon dolls. Okay. Yeah, I think it's like trashy, trashy dolls? Something like that, yeah. I yeah. don't remember. We make up funny names for I know, you episodes. make up funny <laughs> names for them. And, and I was like, oh, I think 
think this is that episode. So okay, well yeah, anyway, those two are. Like, I, but I like that one too. So yeah, it was it was a good one though. But and then the other one I would recommend that people check out is Tortilla Chip Anomalies, um, <laughs> which is, which is uh, like the, your the, the Zone of Silence thing. Which by the way, when you yeah. talk about the Zone of Silence, I think of Get Smart and the Cone of Silence. Oh uh, yeah, oh, right. Um, yeah. So like that was made that really funny to me. Right. Um, but so those are two episodes that uh, for the uninitiated, if they wanted like a pretty good it's standard episode of yeah. it's like really awesome like those are what i mean they're all really good we appreciate that, it that yeah too, thank too, you awesome but yeah so yeah and uh, yeah so let us know how we uh, how do we how do we find you well we are on all platforms actually you can find us on spotify apple amazon google google and we're also on youtube so if you like that you know you want to stream it through your tv um, there are no video yet. We are thinking about <laughs> actually filming ourselves recording at some point, but that'll be in the future. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you can find us anywhere. And of course, on social media, it's either HOTW podcast or Hair of the Werewolf. You can find us either way. Yeah, Instagram is the best way to follow us because that's where we put all our uh, we're most active. episode releases where we have like the title and we talk about it and everything. That's the best way to find yeah. our stuff as it comes out. Yeah, and you can follow yeah. us individually as well. Um, yeah, if you want to check out our life, which we don't even post that much, to be honest. We're very active on Hair of the Werewolf more, but that's okay. It's true. Yeah. So that's probably the short and long of it for today. Tim and I have, uh, we are working on coming up with what we, we we're trying to come up with a special theme for the summer. Um, so we're, um, he, and he just moved, so he's getting his life together there. So while we do that, we're prop, we are going to, we are going to do our usual reviews of new movies, like, like, like this one with The Conjuring. Um, so we'll have Tim, who knows, maybe a musical, maybe not, who knows, Ooh. we'll find out. Well, um, is it, uh, is it one that maybe is coming out soon, or are you just going to pick one from the past? Uh, one that's coming out soon. Oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, we are thinking of doing a catalog thing for the summer, but we're trying to okay. decide the theme of that. So we'll, we'll hopefully get that, and that'll be out more regularly. That's our episode today, folks. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. So, bye. 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 Marty, please stop it. <laughs>